I want to make sure this is working. I'm going to make sure that this is working. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hey, y'all. All right. We're here. We're here. We're here. Here. Where is here? In my cast, in my closet. <laughs> it's always the closet with you. <laughs> it always is. Uh, so we're at the finale finale. We're there. I, in my mind, I am on First Wives Club because we just talked about that. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing I said something. But now then. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. back I, had the the right, I had the right notes pulled up. I'm just confused. That's, that's, uh, we're all confused, uh, so that's okay. And I'm sure, you know, it gets confusing anyway when you're looking back and reflecting on a full season. But I'm I'm not ready to talk about season four yet because I haven't talked to you since you've been to the promised land, and <laughs> the promised land is vacation. Okay. <laughs> Thought you meant Florida. So, well, sometimes. <laughs> Why don't you start us off, as all of us who might vicariously be living through you, I would love to hear, like, give us your top three vacation moments. Top three. I think I, uh, I think I have more than three. Okay. So number one actually happened the night before we left. Oh, I think it's number one. Um, we went down to, so where we stayed was, um, south of Panama City at a place called Cape Sandblast slash Indian Pass. I think we were technically more in the Indian Pass area, but it's the Gulf side of Florida. Um, It is like a little peninsula to itself. We had never stayed in this part of Florida before. We've always stayed a little bit further north of Panama City, more like the Destin area. Um, But this year we wanted to try something different. It was super remote. It was a very different vacation experience. I a thousand percent recommend it. I had to sit and process with it after we got back because it was just such a different trip. We've been taking this trip every summer for a really long time. So it was a big shift for us. I had to really sit with it for a little while, but fully recommend, but it's very remote there. We had one family that was staying next to us on the other side. No one was there. So we had pretty much the beach to ourselves for a big portion, but my niece went with us this year and she really wanted to go putt-putting. That was the one thing her mom said she really loved to do on vacation. So I really wanted to make that happen. The only putt-putting place was in Panama City, an hour and a half away. So the day before we left, we drove up to Panama City, we putt-putted, and we came home. We had dinner and we putt-putted. It was very late when we got home. So both my kids were asleep in the backseat. My niece was in the way back, still awake, because she stays up later than we do, because she's a preteen and she's got more energy. Um, But when we got out of the car, the kids were like exhausted and a little bit grumpy. And my niece said, you guys should look up. And I was like, what? And I looked up and that's more stars than I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen the sky look like that at night that I remember. And so we took our kids inside, put them to bed. And my husband and I and my niece sat outside and just looked at the stars. And while I was standing there, I saw a shooting star. We saw a galaxy. Mm. I wish we had had a telescope. It was amazing. So you hear the, oh, we were staying oceanfront. So you hear, or Gulf front. So you hear the, the water moving. You're looking at these amazing stars and just spending time with my niece doing something that really meant something to her. Um, was really amazing that's nice. and like I said it was like the second to last or the very last night we were there um and she said see you guys go to bed early every night and you would miss this otherwise and I was like well you've missed it every other night this week and you've been awake and she's like well it's because I haven't been outside and I was like well now we all know we need to go outside at this part of the beach um so that was really special I would say my second favorite part we did a bonfire on the beach that's fun when we got there there S'mores. was of course, of course. When we got there, there was a little packet of um, firewood sitting downstairs at um, the bottom of the house. And I Googled it really quickly and found out fires on the beach are legal here. And I like Googled, how do you build a fire on the beach? So I mentioned it to my kids and my niece. And they were like, yeah, we want to do that. Let's do that. So um, we did it. And we built the fire. And it took. And it was wonderful. We all got eaten up by some weird beach bugs. So I know for next year, you know, right? I'm going to bring bug spray, but we did do s'mores. I um, had my kids get all the ingredients from inside the house. We were with my father-in-law and mother-in-law and um, all the chocolate was stored in the refrigerator. So my daughter grabbed, I had these little Reese's thins and she grabbed those. My father was like, no, those aren't for s'mores. And so she came down and I said, where are the Reese's? And she's like, well, pop said they're not for s'mores. And I said, can you please go back up to the house and get them? Because I think everybody's going to want to try a s'more with this. So my father-in-law tried that one and he said it was pretty good. Yeah. 
That's a good pretty twist. Delicious. I was going to ask you if you put a twist on it. Yeah. I should have known you. Would. I had to. Yeah. I had to. Um, so that was thing number two. And ooh, thing number three would either be shells, like seashells. Okay. I've never seen this many seashells on a sure, beach. Sure, because remote, right? Right. Yeah. Remote and something about the cape, something about the way the water kind of comes in. It was like a, a little bay area right in front of our house. So I think something about the way the water settles. Anyway, I just saw so many shells. We did go a little bit out of our way to go to this place called St. Joseph Peninsula Park, which is a state park in Florida. And it's at the end of the peninsula where we were staying. I found a um, conch shell like this big with a hermit crab in it while we were like snorkeling around the bay. We um, Now, how big is this big? Nikki? Sorry. Uh, I don't know. How big is that? I'm really bad. Close to a foot. It's close to a foot. Yeah. It was pretty big. <laughs> like fish There's measuring fish, here. Yes. Um, no, it was pretty big. And that day, the one thing I wanted to find was a sand dollar, like a live sand dollar. And um, right at the end of the day, we were packing up to leave. And this woman walked by us and she was like, did you guys find anything good out there? And we're like, no. And she said, really? You didn't find the sand dollars? And we're like, what sand dollars? And she was like, there's a ton of them out there in this one little area. So we went over there. I told my husband, I was like, I want just like 30 more minutes to find these sand dollars. And right at the very end, I was like, I guess we're not going to find them. And my son held up his hand and he goes, mom, what's this? And I was like, it's a sand dollar, a live one. And something about my reaction freaked him out because he dropped it and then started crying. And I was like, no, it's okay, buddy. There's, they're gentle. It's fine. Um, so we had to find more so that they could actually see them. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, but my tie was we stopped at Bucky's again. Two times, in fact, on the way down and on the way I back. I know you stopped on the way down because you were kind <laughs> enough to drop something in stories. And I was like, oh. My nice. service the rest of the week down there was awful. I had no, because it was so remote. Yeah. I barely had service. I've been. Uh, you've been there. Okay. And, yeah, I was actually, um, before you said, and it was so remote. I was going to ask if it's been built up. But um, actually, I almost drowned there. Um, came pretty close. Mm -hmm. uh, so a friend of mine, uh, I went and stayed with her family my friend kelly and we were in seventh grade and we just went out in the water and the tides started pulling us away and her brother had to come rescue us oh, gosh oops um i did have my first low country boil there too oh yeah I think a couple of things. One, um, Mexico Beach, which is just north, it's the the last beach town between Panama City and where we stayed mm -hmm. um, because there's a big military base between, like, after that, it's all military land that you mm -hmm. have to drive through. But Mexico Beach was hit really bad by a hurricane a couple of years ago, and apparently they are in the process of rebuilding. I don't think Cape Sandblast has ever been hit by a hurricane in that way, mm -hmm. in such a, like, devastating way. I'm I'm not a Cape Sandblast expert. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like this is their vibe, is intentionally low-key because it's a very big sea turtle nesting ground, which is probably how I ended up there. Right. Well, that <laughs> also sea turtles. probably does inform a lot of the planning. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the people who live there and vacation there take it really seriously that it's remote and there's not a ton Respect to do. Respect the land. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's got to. Right. And I, that was probably one of the first vacation times, like I think 30A further north. We were still technically on 30A, but 30A up in like Destin area is, I love it. I think it's great. It's just so. Everybody knows about it now. And they're all on top of each other. Yeah. Like we were floored having stayed where we stayed for most of the week and then driving up to Panama City. It was like ants in an anthill. There were so many people. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we're probably going to go back. I actually already priced out the house for next year to see, like, is it going to be more expensive next year? Because up further up 38, the prices just climb every year. Sure. Um, it's actually cheaper if I book it now. So I'm actually considering just going ahead and committing to next summer's vacation. But I want to think about it a little bit more. I think that the lack of restaurants was a little bit of a challenge. We had to drive... If you wanted to eat out, you had to drive anywhere. There was no biking to ice cream or any of that, which we normally do. Sure. Um, I'm still on the fence about whether I miss that or whether it's just getting used to it. Yeah. So we did drive, Kyle and I, we went to Apalachicola, which is south, um, to have dinner one night. It's like 20 minutes south. It wasn't a big drive. Um, we had dinner at the Owl Cafe. It was a very cute, we had like this, I had a good flounder dinner and he had um, a nice chicken dinner because he doesn't eat a lot of seafood and he's allergic to shellfish. Almost everything on their menu was shellfish. Um, but Apalachicola, like literally everything there closes at 4 p.m. So there was no ice cream. 
There was no shopping at the cute little shops. So you have to plan a day to go do any of this sort of stuff. So that's sort of a downside. But the rest of the week, like it flew by. I remember Monday thinking like, how are we going to make a week of this? And then like the water where we were staying cleared up every single day, even a little bit more. So like we just snorkeled for an entire day one side, one day, like just right out in front of the house and found so many seashells. So it was an incredible trip. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I am going to drop some stuff. I haven't really been, I haven't done a lot. So um, <laughs> since the last time we met, not oh. really, not anything fun. Um, but we well, did, that's because you're gearing up for vacation. I am gearing up for vacation. Um, we took a day. I'll just I'll summarize what I've been doing in, in with three things. One is we did take a day trip to Helen, but I dropped stuff in stories along the way as we were there. What I will do is I do have some recommendations, and I'll make sure those are included in our blog post because mm-hmm. if I don't know, like I've been going to Helen my whole life. Um, I think we've talked about Helen before on the show, so I won't say much about it except for to say that if you're not familiar with it, it's like this quirky little place in North Georgia that has like a Bavarian aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a good place where you can find good German food. So long as you like German food. Uh, so drop in some recommendations there and a couple of shopping recommendations for anybody who's interested I do feel like the shopping has gotten like a, a tad better since the last time I was there. And then uh, I've spent the rest of my time watching franchise movies. <laughs> I went and saw like the newest, uh, oh no, Indiana Jones. Was it good? It's cute. You think my son would like it? He's been asking to see it. He loves Indiana Jones. Yes, I think it does harken back to the original movies more so than the last one did that came out in 08. Okay. Um, and That's the Shia LaBeouf one? Yes. Yeah. And it, it is sort of strange to see Harrison Ford de-aged, but I feel like all, all they're doing like a scarily good job at it now. Cool. So I think that'll fly right by your son. Perfect. To be honest. Perfect. Um, he didn't grow up with Harrison Ford the way we... He's, he's not 38. Seven. Sorry, honey. Not trying to age it. Just me. <laughs> Woo. Just another week and a half. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it's just like, I think someone captured it really well. I listened to like a podcast about it and basically they said, we're trained differently for action movies. Now you used to be trained in the Indiana hey, in the Indiana Jones heyday, like every nine minutes you got an action sequence. Now it feels like every ninety seconds you get an action sequence. Oh. So I just feel like if it's hearkening back to those days and we're retrained as like an action watching audience, then it just doesn't like it just feels the pacing different. feels weird. Yeah, it feels um not the same as something you would see today. Okay. And then the other thing I did is I spent a long not a long time at it in a very quick manner that makes me it's probably sad. But I watched all of the Mission Impossible oh, so mm-hmm. that I could go watch the new one. Mm-hmm. And um it was really good. I good. really liked it a lot. Uh I just think, you know, I mean they're just high action sequence and it's just like just see if you can watch Tom Cruise bend his body in a new way. I, judging from stories, had noticed you'd been at the movies a lot recently. Mm-hmm. So it's hot. you motivated me to oh. go. We went to see the Barbie movie Thursday night. Oh. I took both the kids to go see it. Sobbed my way straight through that thing. I'm, I, I'm intrigued. And I want to see it. We're going to see Oppenheimer tonight. Okay. That's <laughs> so I don't, too much of a commitment for me. I couldn't really talk. Um, Casey and he's not interested in the Barbie movie Kyle wasn't either so he didn't go with us but I told him I think he actually would have liked it yeah um, it was so not what I was expecting right when I saw the picture of um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling rollerblading on yeah. Venice Beach come out last fall I was like oh god they're gonna ruin this this looks so stupid and then I saw a preview. They're going to break records. Before the Mario, we went to see the Mario movie several months ago. And before that, they showed a new preview. And I looked at Kyle and I said, I have to go see that. And then just the last few weeks I've been, or the last week or so, I guess, honestly, I've heard people talking about it. And I was so fascinated. I just had to know. And so I heard mixed reviews about whether it was for kids or not. Like, unfortunately, I saw a lot of the criticisms that it was like, it's all about the patriarchy and man hating. And so I was like, I don't really want to like ingrain that in my children necessarily. 
but also, is it though? And so I, I think saw, that's a very specific type of person and they're reading on it. I saw enough of the other side of it to convince me that like, I think it's going to be fun enough. Let's just try it. So I was just going to take my daughter uh, because my son's younger. Honestly, I thought he would get bored. And um, then I asked him, do you want to go? And he was like, yeah, I want to go. And I was like, okay, let's do it. But dude, if you get bored, you're stuck because I'm not leaving this movie. And he was like, okay. He loved the whole thing. Start to finish, loved it. I sobbed through it. Carolina had to tell Landon, there is such thing as happy tears, and that's mommy happy crying. Um, it was just beautiful. It was beautifully done. It looked beautiful. But the story was so layered and nuanced in a way that I didn't expect a Barbie movie to be. It's not right. a kid's movie. It's an adult movie. It's a movie and for women packaging. and people and humans our age. Mm-hmm. Because it it's, it's layered. Every day I've had a new realization about the movie. Yeah, It was about how the patriarchy has made life hard for women. Yep. It was also about, though... If we go completely the opposite direction and make life hard for men, that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to have this experience of it's enough just for all of us to be a person that's respected the same way. Well, Greta Gerwig is our age. Right. Just about. And uh, so she's, she's a little bit older than me. Uh, um, but yeah, she's just about our age. Yeah, well, she's a little bit older than me too. <laughs> I think we can go, we'll go ahead and claim her. And um, I think uh, that from what I've heard that the references that she's making will speak to my soul. So I'm ready. It was absolutely beautiful. I, it ripped my heart out. I laughed till I cried. I cried because I cried. And it's just like so much. I left the movie and I have been in a thoughtful place, not a negative place, but very thoughtful and retrospective because it was also about the human condition Mm -hmm. and how beautiful the human experience is. It was deep. I fully recommend it. Okay. Fully. Yeah. I was actually thinking maybe I w- might go see that. I've never been to a movie on my own. Maybe this will be the one I do. It's it's worth it. I actually think that, Um. so what I, what I was going to say is I can understand why Casey wouldn't be interested in it. I think, I think he would appreciate it when he walks out of it. I tried to entice him with Will Ferrell being in it. It didn't, it's really it didn't good. stick. He was really good. Ryan Gosling was amazing. Sure. I told Kyle I'm still processing him in, in that role that he played, but he was really good. It was my son loved the Ken parts. They were very funny. So it was yeah. a wonderful movie. Yeah, I heard that worked really well. Speaking of things that worked really well, are we ready to talk about season four? Let's do it. Let's do it. Just to recognize it. Make sure that we're You're recording. Testing. I'm testing it. <laughs> Why are you over there farting? That didn't seem necessary. <laughs> Why are you over there? Can you test up? with anything else? Like I could good test morning. with. I could test with a real fart. But that <laughs> seems rude. <laughs> so the first thing I have is that we're going to talk about our scores a little bit from the season. That's right. Is that the first thing you have to? <laughs> yes. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Just in case you're ever wondering if it's organic or not. <laughs> I think so. I'm just clinging clinging to life here. Uh, So first I want to talk about our rating scales. Mm -hmm. So we do a clever rating scale. We each each try to. Some weeks are better than others. Sometimes they're clever. (laughs) We want to do top three rating scales we each had. I thought we could just volley back and forth to one another. Talk about what we thought our scores this season would be, what they were actually, and what we would actually rate the season. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Top three rating scales we each had. What was your first one? Episode two, nasolabial films. <laughs> that was an excellent one. <laughs> Mine was for episode one this season. I called it Lost Pigs on a Milk Carton. Uh, episode one was actually, we called that episode Anthony the Living Kendall. What about number two? The next one I have is episode seven, and I my rating scale was two dicks and a hat. <laughs> I feel like your rating scales were much more clever than mine this season now that I'm looking at this list. I'm like maybe dirtier. <laughs> my second one was for episode 13, which we called Babies, Cars, and Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. uh, and mine was Guardian Celebrities. That's probably one of my favorites because it was a chance to talk about Dolly Parton. That's right. The reference to her. My last one was episode 21, and uh, the rating scale was really nice headlights. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jo. So, told you, they're all dirty. Sorry. 
Mine was for episode 25, which we called Just a Little Bit Wicked. Uh, Mine was Childish Shoplifting Shenanigans, which is what Anthony called the thing that his mentees did. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. What did you think your score would be this season? I would have guessed a 3.5. Ah, mine was a 3.75. Oh, really? Yeah. What was yours actually? This has to be my highest score for a season to date. My average score was a four. Oh, okay. Mine was a 3.85. Knowing what you know now about this season, looking back on the season on a scale of one to five, what would you have given it? Well, I did. I didn't. I actually think that four is fair. Okay. I don't know. I I, I don't know what. Well, I guess I would have probably thought it was a three point five. But yeah. I think like looking back um, at what we covered, which I definitely got the chance to do because someone makes me do math every season. Um, I I just feel oh, I felt good with it. I, there were some frankly delightful episodes. I think there were also for me some series highs. Mm-hmm. And then even the handful I didn't love, I still thought they were fine. And I think if we weren't analyzing them the way they were, I might even think they were more than fine. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, to me and for me, this is the reason, uh, this this is the season where this show really started to sing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some glimpses of what it could be in previous seasons. And I thought season three was a ramp up. This was solid. Mm-hmm. So how about you? Yeah, I so I think a 3.85, which is what my actual score was. I I wrote almost word for word, but you said, it's fair. It's fair. I got a little like wackadoo with the fives at some point mid-season, like okay. just giving them all oh, fives. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I had to recalibrate myself, but I agree. I think that this season, when I think of the ones we've covered so far, this season probably had more episodes that I would rewatch. I wouldn't say they're my favorite episodes necessarily, but I would definitely rewatch them because they were – funny and silly, um, not a lot of contrived cheesiness, although there was a little bit of that, but most of it was just like goofy and fun to watch. So I think a 3.85 is fair. Probably four would be maybe a little bit more fair, but I feel like I did a fairly good job scoring this season. There you go. Um, and it's not, and it, it, you know, we've talked about it. It's an interesting exercise to do that, but I think that, you know, we can't just like look back and say, how do designing women do? You know, right. we also we're gonna have to face ourselves. Sorry, what is that sound? That's my air. Oh, <laughs> welcome to my life. Scared me. I'm so sorry. It did sound like aliens or something. <laughs> oh we're coming into. I thought you were like tapping a pen or something. I was like, Selena, come on, man. We're trying to have Holy a podcast moly. episode here. Yeah, sorry. So oh. rude of me. Just over here tapping oh my pins. God. Playing a harmonica. Uh, you know, you rightfully suggested that we do a little self-critiquing before we meet, and we did. But the first thing I want to do is we ease our way into the self-critique. We'll ease our way in. Let's talk about the ones that we really love putting together or sharing this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you start us off? And then maybe if you want, we can go back and forth. I'll go ahead and just let you know I have five total. Okay. That I really enjoyed. I have seven. Okay. Um, I had nearly forgotten about the most expensive toys grit splits from episode one. But when I found that, it reminded me that I loved putting that segment together. I love looking Mm -hmm. at things like that, like historical things that had a huge moment, but then sort of petered away. And now they're like singular if you can find one or um, someone had this great idea to take something very mundane and gild it in gold for what reason no one knows except to make money. And they do. Um, So that was really fun to put together. And then and then play that game with you was fun. My first one that came up for me was episode 20 extra sugar and it was on prohibition Mm -hmm. so it had just been something that had been circling for me since season three when we hit on the Hatfields and McCoys I knew it was something I wanted to come back to it's just a really interesting part of history and it just wound up being a really big undertaking there were honestly times where I was like I don't think I'm going to finish this thing Mm -hmm. just like trying to get to it just trying to make it happen you know, I mean, I watched a five-part documentary in mm. part of my preparation. I was, like, ordering books. I was like, what is happening? But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. Right. And I think for me, 
it was just the um, how amazed I felt at this looking at this time period, um, the movement of prohibition, how much it affected this country, how much it emphasizes these really distinctly American traits. It showed the best of who we are and the worst of who we are. And it really was like a little bit of a, um, a foretelling of how we would handle things to come. And I, mm. I that part I should have known was going to be in the mix, but I don't think I was fully anticipating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so being able to kind of like look back in a way that also you're like, oh, well, this is happening today. Right. Um, it's really It's really almost grounding in a way. I can't say it makes you feel better. But it is right. grounding. Well, you know, they say history repeats itself. This is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a distinct difference when we think about extra sugars, too. Um, there's a very obvious difference between the way you approach extra sugars and what you find interesting and then what I think about and what's interesting to me because my next one was the baby shower segment. Mm-hmm. Um that was really one fun. I don't know that the content was necessarily like groundbreaking in the sense of the um, the prohibition. It was very the prohibition segment and a lot of the segments you do. This is the point I'm trying to articulate. Not well. They're very thoughtful and they're very like um, well thought out and well considered. And some of mine are more like baby showers. Those are fun. Let's talk about traditions. But I have such an interest in Southern traditions and tradition in general. Like I think it's so important to have those things that mean something to you personally. And then also within your community, whatever that community is, to have that tradition that allows you to come together and celebrate and do things together. And the baby shower one reminded me when you're in the midst of it and everyone's having babies and it feels like all you're doing is baby showering or bridal showering, how overwhelming it feels. But it is such an important tradition for parents like to celebrate them and acknowledge this moment that they're having. And the history of it is fascinating how it's evolved over time. I think it's important. Look, you can't just have me coming in all dark and moody all the time. Okay. With my, this is why we have problems in America. Um, Like you need light and you need air, you know, Um, otherwise you'll die. I, I can I can bring the airiness and the spaciness. I've got that all day long. And then that day too, I really enjoy I enjoy that segment. But I'm pretty sure that's the day that we accidentally got punch drunk. Yes, that is, and yeah. it it very much was obvious in the segment. It yeah, which I think adds to the fun of it. That's all. right. It was it was a good time. It was a little <laughs> bit of a sugar high. It happens. My next one is the Michelin star restaurants in the South. Mm, that was a good one. But, I think I texted you to tell you that one was really fun to listen to in editing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, episode 22, for those who may want to either go back or listen for the first time. So this is another one that I'd really eyeballed for months. Um, I also am very excited to report that in between when that segment came out and now, Atlanta is getting its own Michelin Guide. And uh, I think we're going to see the first one this fall. That means despite my protest about the whole thing, (laughs) it means they've been circling the area probably for about a year. Um, Oh, I was going to say, I think think they heard your segment and they were like, man, she's got some concerns. Let's do this thing. Well, my most ginned up egotistical version of myself says absolutely. But my (laughs) truth telling self says that is not happening. Um, I'd love for them to hear it though. But this was... Our investigation into the claim that I had heard, which was that there weren't any Michelin-starred restaurants in the South, technically it wound up being true. And uh, I just, for me, it's just so flooring because, you know, the South, we don't always get it right, but the food is good. We understand food. The food is really good. Yeah. What's your next one? Uh, The Baker's segment. So Jim and Tammy Faye from episode seven. Fantastic. When I think back on this season... That one I researched the heck out of. I think that's the one I probably, I think I probably spent the most time maybe on any segment ever on that one because I had to watch that through the eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to watch it. I got to watch that gym. That was, I was expecting, again, I was expecting something totally different and watching it. It was, it was a beautifully done movie. It was really wonderful. And I think it's just fascinating to think about these characters that you've had built up in your head through, um, cultural narrative and sort of see them slightly differently some things were the same some things were not and I think that when as we're doing this show sometimes revisiting things from many years ago for both of us sometimes for the first time in a thoughtful 
research-based way, we've sort of just accepted some of these cultural things as truth because that's what we're told. We're told, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye are the butt of jokes or that they're, um, you know, religious nuts who took advantage of their followers. And in some ways that stuff is true, but it's deeper than that. And it's, um, that segment speaks to me because one, it was just fascinating to put together. Um, but two, because I think that's part of our point with the podcast is to educate ourselves. And and if we're educating ourselves, then we can educate other people because we got mics in front of us. Mm -hmm. So we can all sort of learn these things together or revisit truths, things that we took to be truth that maybe weren't. And I think there's a life lesson in that. I think there's a lesson in not taking things for at face value or because someone else told you that's the truth. For and that sure. segment reminded me of that. Yeah. I I think that that might be I, I'm not even gonna put Dolly Parton in the mix because that is its own separate thing in my mind almost. Yeah. But I think that was my favorite segment that you did. Well, thank you. I loved it. I really okay. I really enjoyed putting that one together. My other one was episode eight, The Mansion to Rule Them All. Mm -hmm. um, I just really like digging into the governor's mansions. Things mm -hmm. like that. This this is one of those segments that was, um, there was no obvious extra sugar, I feel like, for that episode. There was no, like, um, reference to a, I don't even think there was a reference to a specific governor. It was just the Georgia governor. So we could have, I guess, looked specifically at that. But like, it was one of those exercises and like, well, what's interesting to me? And this was all about the governor's mansion. Maybe that's an angle we could take. And so that one was fun because it was sort of like a, a random brainchild that ended up having something really cool behind it. And then I think we played a fun game with it too, which always makes it more we fun. We did. Well, I lost, but it was, I think I got one right out of like 10 or something. But Oh, well, it was um, hard. Yeah. But I learned some things, so there's that. <laughs> but did you retain them is the question. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be tested again. I, Probably not. There are certain ones that stick out to me, like the um, beer system in the Colorado governor's mansion because of the Colorado Rockies and those being on the um, Coors Light can, so I can make that, like, connection. The West Virginia, the one – the pool that's shaped like West Virginia. I have a couple that just will forever stick out in my brain now because they were just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> just crazy. 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 Uh, so my next one is the lesser known parts of black history. That was in episode 26. So, you know, talking about the things that you're just feeling around pulling a segment together. One thing I'll say is, is it is we're plugging along and it's getting later in the season I speak for myself here. It gets harder to pull some of these segments together. Mm. You're just tired. You know, you just done it a lot. It's probably time for a break. But I really found this one to be quite rejuvenating. And I use this term lightly, but the research that I did for this one was just so enlightening and it was so enriching. You know, it's like this really, it was a little bit of a bittersweet segment to pull together because on the one hand, it is a list of these fascinating, amazing people who overcame so much. They did so much. They did so much to bring something actually to the world. It's definitely something when you measure it, and that's the measuring stick, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, what am I doing with my life? That's okay. Don't think too hard on that one. <laughs> that's right. At the same time, it was also this reminder that it's really unusual for us to tackle just one social justice issue at a time. You know, this group of people that we covered, they were also facing down sexism and homophobia and all these other things alongside racism mm -hmm. um on one hand again that is completely unfair and the world shouldn't be like that but it is like that and so to see people be able to circumvent and navigate and and still do these amazing things on earth it is inspiring and so that was just a real joy to put together and it was also as things were really happening here in the real, like in the, not in the history books, but here in the world still today, as we saw affirmative action struck down and these kinds of things uh, on colleges and universities, like that is a time um, where for me, I was able to reflect on some things. And so those happening at the same time was just really um, eye opening. I should have guessed that was going to be on your list of favorite segments that you put together. And I wish I had thought that through a little bit more because then I would have shared with you what Patreon listener Candace shared. Um, she commented on that segment specifically and shared that that was a standout segment to her as well um, recently. And she appreciated kind of the, the depth that you went into with your research and what you shared through that segment. 
Um, and I think that that's helpful for both of us to hear. And we're so, I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I think I can speak for you, but I will also let you speak for yourself that, um, that's the sort of stuff when people give us feedback like that on, on segments like that, these are not easy segments for us to put together, not just from a logistical perspective, like not just doing the research and doing the writing, but from a like cultural and from like a personal perspective, some of these segments really challenge us and really, quite frankly, I think the word for me is scare us like, or scare me. Like I don't want to putting together the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker segment. I was nervous that someone was going to think that I was criticizing Christianity in an unfair way, or that I was casting judgment on a whole community of people. And that was never my intent, but sometimes it does. It might come through in the words if you're not listening carefully. And we're in a society where people aren't listening carefully. And so it can be very intimidating to put yourself out there to have an opinion on things or to, to, to say too much because you're afraid you might you might inadvertently step into something. Absolutely. I, I mean, you're dealing with real people. And right. I think I've said numerous times when we've met here and talked and, and we're recording that um, anytime I'm talking about real people, like you want to be, you never know who's going to hear what. So first of all, I always want to be thoughtful to people's emotions, how I might make them feel. I think way too often people like get on a mic or in real life or they get on social media or wherever it is. And they say things that can really affect people. And just like trying to like put yourself in someone else's position and think, how would that make you feel? I think is um, a constant exercise as an only child that I have to do. Um, and it's something that I really try to actively do. I, I'm my whole life. I'm falling short my whole life. I'm sticking my foot in my mouth, but that's something that's a part of my journey. Um, and so I just want to be always really extra sensitive every time we're on here and talking about real people. And then in the case of that particular episode, it was also about talking about other people's legacies, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what they have brought to this world and and trying to make that serious but like you know um honoring people who Mm -hmm. did something that i mean i'll never be able to do um and and uh you know and wanting uh i think people who listen to know that these oftentimes these things are coming from a a place of love and um and, and again that honoring i think is really in the saucer i want it to be there but you what you say and what people interpret and hear through their lens and their experiences you don't know how that's going to land mm-hmm. um i do think it's really important you said that i'm not thinking about this segment in particular but a lot of times when i'm pulling things together and i'm thinking like when you said the thing about christianity and not wanting to offend anybody that's christian a lot of times i have to ask myself like do i want to say this um because on the one hand, you don't want to offend anyone. On the other hand, it's like, I have to say what's in my heart. And that's a tough balance to do when it's something that you're putting out into the world. So that's a thing. But Candace, your comment made Selena Misty. So thank you for sharing that. It did. And I'll never be able to re whatever that moment and make it as heartfelt as it was. <laughs> so I'm not going to try and do that. But uh, literally, Candace, every time that you write in and say something like it, propels me forward so it's it's really kind and I think it speaks to why we're doing this because we want to educate ourselves and we want to educate other people as we go and some of our segments are about that some segments are lighter and different um but one of the the next segments that I really loved was from episode 13 um from uh, a patreon exclusive extra sugar where we covered unfinished business Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun this was an example of totally random, but sometimes my brain just will not let go of a random thing. So in this instance, we talked about super centenarians and old Lang Syne, the new year's song as well. Uh, and while we were talking about super centenarians, we talked about Minnie Bell Ward and learned something kind of cool about that character and the inspiration for that character. That was just a freaking fun segment to look into. Cause these are things that just like scratch my brain in an unreasonable way. This old Lang Syne thing. I just could not get out of my head that there is a reason that makes me cry. And then I saw a TikTok video and then I had the chance to talk about it. So I just had to, I just had to take it. And I just loved putting that segment together. It was fun. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And if you're not a Patreon, <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, I'm like, don't tell them any answers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You can Eh, Google them. Just kidding and not kidding. (laughs) Yeah, but you'd be amazed. No, you wouldn't. A lot of people don't Google. Yeah, (laughs) I do. It's right there. I can't live without knowing. Uh, I, um, 
Wait, wait, how many do you have left? Two more. Okay. So, perfect. So, I had a sidebar episode three on Marie Laveau, mm-hmm. the queen of um, voodoo. That was such a fascinated, fascinating study of how people are almost turned into mythology. Mm-hmm. And I just... I just really enjoyed learning about her. I think I have so much reverence and appreciation for her that otherwise she was more of just a name to me. And I think, again, coming back to this thing of like what you hear versus going and trying and exploring it for yourself. And and my walk away was kind of like, I don't think we know her at all. Right. We're just saying stuff. And so being able to go to New Orleans this year and – stand in front of her house or go into like, um, I, you know, I went into a voodoo shop and they had like an altar up for her and seeing her, um, likeness everywhere. I, it just made it so much more special Mm -hmm. because I had looked into her and I knew things that were separate from just the myths or like going to Congo square and knowing that maybe she did lead voodoo right there, you know, or knowing that her church was just right across the street or whatever the case was. Um, like all of that was just, it, it just cemented everything and it, it just made it so much more enriching for me. So that was really, really nice. Uh, my sidebar on unsolved mysteries in episode 15, uh, I just love true crime stuff. I really just, and Unsolved Mysteries is such a touchstone for me because I've just, I've, I used to watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to recapture that magic. We talked a little bit about how there's been sort of a reprisal of that show. I haven't gotten into that one, but I can hear that music and my brain goes a very specific place. So that was really fun to put together. And then um, I think, you know, I cannot leave this segment without talking about my blue collar comedy tour ah, yes, yes, from yes. episode 21, Extra Sugar. I just have a thing for the blue collar. I just can't, I can't move past it. I ended up finding and tracking down the segment where you can see me in the audience of the blue collar comedy TV show, which was kind of sort of the genesis for all this, because that is my clearest recollection of the blue collar comedy tour. So it was fun just to sort of dig back into some of those things, realize how much my life has intersected with that universe of comedy for better and for worse. And it was just really fun to look into. I mean, that level of dedication um, <laughs> deserves some Wait, which part? Not letting a thing go and insisting we do a whole extra sugar on it that ran like super long or the part where I looked at the video and found myself in the audience? Well, I was going to say the part with the video. <laughs> that's, uh, so, that and was a lot. I thought it was, come on, it was, it was babyface Bill Ingvall. Like, yeah. you had to chase that down. I had to. You had to. My very final one is one more sidebar. And this one is um, the International Rich Bitch Alimony Tour. I wondered if that would make your list. (laughs) This is... If for no other reason than the name. I think you were really proud of that one. Inspired by Suzanne's Urbat, as it were. (laughs) And I I think um, it's really a nice don't get mad, get everything pairing with our special episode that's Mm -hmm. upcoming this season, The First Wives Club, um, which I'm very excited to talk about, so... Seemed like a good time. So I'm just saying, y'all, you, you listen to the Urbat, you listen to the special episode, and that's everything you'll ever need to know about not getting mad, but getting even. Getting, right. getting everything. And everything. <laughs> get, get mad, get even, get everything. Not even even. We're going beyond even. We're getting our fair share. That's right. Which is all of it. Then, of course, past, like, the ones that, you know, were real pleasure – Let's talk about critiquing ourselves for real. We have to talk about our do-over. So, Nikki, given the opportunity, which segments would you do over if you could? We can rotate again. I have three. So I'm sure I have more than three, but I have three. I have three as well. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we're right on. Um, I don't. I think a lot of mine. I actually am not sure I would do over. I think I would just find something else entirely. So I think the flip of our extra sugars challenging us to do new and interesting things is when you realize. And and I've I've joked this before. It's I really feel this sometimes. I'm like mid segment, and I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Like sometimes I think I know it while I'm writing it, and I'm just too committed to seeing a thing through to just give up on it. so that season five, that will be a goal I work toward is being a better self-editor. Um, but there are just some times where like we're doing so we're doing all the things and I get so like singularly focused that 
I don't let myself see the truth, but I did a sidebar in episode 10 about funny notes left on cars. In my head, that was going to be hilarious because I freaking love notes that are left on cars. As we sat down to record it, I realized this isn't translating. This isn't as funny as it could be. I like that segment. Well, I probably wouldn't do it again. I'm not sure it was the most compelling listen, (laughs) but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, mine was, okay, so there's episode nine, Suzanne and Julia go to Japan. Right. I really wish we had dedicated a segment to Henry Cho. Henry Cho. I have kicked myself many times for that. He played Sam, and in real life, he's an Asian-American stand-up comedian, but he's also Southern and from Knoxville, Tennessee. That Southern accent is real. His stand-up has often focused on his experience growing up in the South as an Asian American. So not a do over per se, but one I just wish we had done. And I have added him to our list of evergreen um, potential ideas. So he came up for me in doing my research for this somehow. And I thought that was pretty much missed opportunity. Yeah. My second mulligan was we found love in a holy place. That was my extra sugar. Very recent about, uh, like, how are ministers allowed to date? And then like, I took it even a step further because I realized there really wasn't much to that. Maybe I was the only stupid person in the world that realized like, yeah, sure they can. Uh, so that, that was an example of trying to make something and nothing. And as I was recording it and looking into your big brown eyes, I was thinking, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> it's just funny. Cause I, I don't think it sucked, but I did see you like want to run. <laughs> you said something mid-segment about like how niche it was. I still cringe when I think about that because I was like, oh my God, she's totally right. Like I am speaking to the smallest. And I think in the recesses of my brain as I was writing it, that was going through my head. But I was committed. You never know. I am nothing You might have committed. helped someone find love. And if I you have. You don't know. Write me a note. Let me know. That would be wonderful. Can you imagine? What I, that would be beautiful. I'd cry. I don't, whatever the, um, unweird version is of notch on in your belt oh (laughs) and not a notch in my headboard not in your headboard either what's wrong with society (laughs) anyways um so why don't you give us your last one because my last one is a twofer oh okay uh the citizenship extra sugar uh is another one that it just didn't turn out the way this is one i would totally redo it just didn't turn out the way i wanted it to and Mm -hmm. it's because i don't think i thought through enough the bit of us taking the test Mm -hmm. i wanted it to be organic i wanted it to happen in real time but i had this editing bit that i really wanted to do and it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I'm not sure I could even, I couldn't even articulate it, um, mm-hmm. but I knew what I wanted to do. And sometimes that's why I like, I just go into my hole and I just do a thing because I kind of know what I want to do. I just don't know how to explain it. That one just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So. Me on social media, because like in my head, I'm like a director. Like, oh, right. Like a Hollywood director. Right. And I've got all these big things in my head and I'm like, you have nothing. Right. You can do nothing. <laughs> And you better get used to it. Right. So that's that's exactly and what happened here. Someone will come swinging in <laughs> right. on a vine and then drop down from a helicopter. And then I'm like, mm, Oh, wait, you know. no vine, it's no helicopter. It's just me on a stool. Exactly. Like in front of my fridge. Exactly. So I think it was an interesting segment. I think I w- there were more things I wish I could have put in. Um, I, I didn't want to make it boring. But it just, in retrospect, I think I was, I was scrambling for time a little bit on that one. And then just didn't think it through all the way. I would redo that one probably. Yeah. So this section we're calling uh, Let's beat up on ourselves. Nikki get a little hard on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two extra sugars where I wish I had just had more time to finesse. Mm. But, you know, sometimes you just got to let a second You just got to do a thing, You got to let that baby go. Uh, the first one for me is episode 18, the evolution of fidelity. It's inverse and the dreaded M word. So the very <laughs> first thing I do is workshop that name. So let me tell you something. I was changing it right up to the very minute that we aired and you were like, what's the name? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I like, I was like, uh Oh, we're committed now. This is a thing. Right? I really didn't know. And I, cause I was like, what do I call this? Anyways, this is one where I talk about the history of cheating, especially if, like through an American lens. And it's not that I didn't like it. It's just, again, finessing. And I probably just should have called it cheating. Right. <laughs> Right. But, but no, no. Why make it one word when you could make it 18 words? Because that's you're you perfect. and that's you. It de- <laughs> it's definitely me. 
My, it's your superpower. <laughs> it's my kryptonite. Uh, and then episode 15, busting up Southern women's stereotypes. I stand by the fact that these exist, but if I'd had a little bit more time, I would have come up with some more examples mm. and, 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 you know, and just like refined it, but like, you know, stuff happens. So there we are. I'm proud of everything we've put out. I want to be super clear about that. Like, I stand behind it all. Do you think people will go listen to these ones? <laughs> God, that is being terrible. God, I hope not. Ah. So now that we've been hard on ourselves, let's switch gears a little bit mm-hmm. and let's be good to somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's give some, uh, this episode run of show was coming together about the same time as the end of the school year. And I had senior superlatives in my head. And so speaking of ideas that you don't really know what they are, I, I don't know. I wanted this to be senior superlatives. It ended up, I think they're going to be kind of like season superlatives slash Oscars. Do you want to go to the bathroom? Or are you good? I think I'll just hold it. <laughs> That'll propel me forward. Fair enough. That'll be my energy since I'm out of coffee. I just have to pee. But we have a couple categories where we want to offer an award to someone this season. If we had to offer an award, Selena, to someone for the most character growth from the whole season of Designing Women, who would it be? Even though you could probably argue there was some regression in the growth, I'm going to say it's Suzanne. So here's my reasoning. I think she had a big breakthrough at her high school reunion with meeting the little boy from Ethiopia. And your mileage may vary on how much that setup works in 2023, but she showed some real humility in that episode, in her speech, and a softness that we don't see from her a lot. You know, I actually think her character gets, like, as she gets funnier, she kind of gets harder over the seasons, but she's never been soft. Mm-hmm. Um she was also subjected to homo- homophobia in the sauna with Eugenia. Eugenia? Anyways, and your mileage may vary on how successful that episode was, but it is the first time that we really hear her uh, at least have some recognition about her own attitudes and perhaps ignorance when it comes to anything that's in the LGBTQIA plus like area. Um, at, at least to my memory. Most of the time, she's just making these random comments. Right. Um, and it's the first time that you see her guard drop and her see the person in her friend here and how unfair that situation was for something that that woman didn't understand at all. Suzanne also shot Anthony, but she paid for Anthony's Black History Reading Room. Was it self-motivated? Absolutely. You know, she's not perfect, but still there was something satisfying about seeing that happen, especially after we've seen all of the kinds of comments that she's made to Anthony over the seasons. There was something there where it felt like we're going in a, in a better direction. And then she, hey, she paid for everybody to go to the spa in the very last episode. Now, all hell did in fact break loose, but she tried and more so than she's done in other seasons. We landed on the same person. So my first blush thought was Anthony graduated college. Like that's an Mm. obvious growth. Like he didn't graduate in the beginning of the season and he did at the end. So like there was some growth there. Charlene birthed an entire baby through this season. She started the season pregnant, ended the season a mom of like, I don't know, a six month old. That's a lot of growth. But I think thinking about the character themselves, I think this season, I mean, we got uh, her losing it and, and hexing the, um, beauty pageant because she thought she was going to lose her title but we also got they shoot fat women don't they and we also got her telling anthony she loved him so for all the reasons you said those reasons and more i think she grew the most this season i do think we could give an honorable mention to julia Mm. but let me tell you why please i think she had to eat humble pie a few times this season yes i guess that's true first when she got her head stuck in the banister at the governor's mansion um, and then again, after her drunken night at Payne's wedding. Uh, so she had to do that walk of shame into a college dorm hallway to call Suzanne. I don't, and I'm saying honorable mention just because I think those were a couple of key embarrassing moments for her. I don't think it necessarily changed who she was. I was going to say, let's, let's remember that though. Let's see what happens in season five, because I'm not sure she grew from any of those experiences, mm. but maybe she did. Right. So what about best hair? 
I gave it to Anthony's Consuela wig. <laughs> it's just not a great decade for hair. So, yeah, I see the hair a-changing, but I think I think that's the winner for me. How about you? So for this one, I really had to back into it. I had to think about who didn't have the best hair. Mary Jo, it was just an unfortunate start to the season. And we talked in episode one that one of the pieces of trivia was that 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 episode's hair is her singular worst hair moment in the entire series. But for some reason, fans have like put it in their brains that that's what her hair looked like in this series. So Mary Jo has the worst hair. But she really did have a few moments where they're just not playing to like her hair's strengths. And I just didn't look good. Um, I think Suzanne's got shorter and shorter as the season went on and then was the 80s and early 90s curly which in my opinion was not the best look for her so I struggle with that um Julia's to me stays more or less the same it never really changes uh so that all led me to Charlene hers is just always fluffy it's always feathery it's fluffy it's always light I just like it so I gave it to Charlene okay uh okay worst lines either the worst lines in the series or the person with the worst lines in the series. Okay. Either way is fine. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off then? So uh, I really feel in general, like the come on lines for men's in the show, like the, uh, from men in the show, like the flirting Mm. is just lackluster. Like it was written by a woman maybe. Yes. But it wasn't always like, I think there were times we looked and it was written by men. So I don't, I don't know, but I think it's a woman's, I think it's some woman's interpretation of what she would want a man to say to her something. Anyway, you know the first person who came to mind for me. Bill? Old Bill with his awkward like 1940s quotes. There's just a lot of you're so damn beautiful and you're still my girl type of stuff that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. So episode 13, the last day of the last decade of the entire 20th century, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, episode 24. uh, Both of these were just like, perfect examples of his terrible lines in it's a wonderful life he minimized charlene's feelings a lot and said like super insensitive things about like her hormones and stuff Mm -hmm. um and then we had episode 13 where he just laid it on thick how much he worships her i just can't do it i just can't do it even though we're married you still take my breath away every day i love being with you sleeping with you and watching you be being pregnant and i'm just so damn in love with you was it that it's that it's that stuff right there watching you being pregnant well i can't do it i can't do it was bill so bill's line someone's gonna be offended i, uh, I can live with it man i yeah. will i will own this one that yeah, this is personal everybody's mileage varies my yeah. thing with bill is personal <laughs> it's a real personal axe to grind i can't quite put my finger on it I actually divided mine into bad, worse, and worst. And then I realized, then your answer, Selena, is the worst. And if you were going to ask me the line that bothered me the worst across the entire season, it would have to be in episode 19, Pain Grows Up, Pain talking to Julia the morning after her shenanigans. And he says, you're going to make one sexy grandma. I, I, I just, known. it's a whole thing. It's just, it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. No son says that. No son. No. It's just not allowed. I'm, is that, I, you know, I said, I'm not doing hard lines in the sand anymore, but that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I actually had a runner up a close second was um, Donald from episode two this season. So that was the, He's my bad. It, it was, it was rough. He said, Actually, I rehearsed all these opening lines, but you just look so damn beautiful. I can't say anything except you just look so damn beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I hope that thing about spending the night together didn't offend you. That would have been my Mount Everest. But quite frankly, I'm happy right here just hanging off the side of the cliff with you. So conquest vibes mixed with a healthy dose of guilt? No, thanks. I'm cool. Uh, yeah, he was in my bad. So was Bill. And I'll just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. My worst was actually Boyd from Tough Enough, oh. episode 21. And I just said, just anything he says is so cringy and so lame and so ridiculous that it's just like, it's too much. We really only get one great man in this series, and it's Anthony. It's Anthony. <laughs> ah. All right, what about best plot line? This one was easy for me. Okay. Bernice's sanity hearing. 
Oh, okay. It's a Bernice-centric episode. Good pacing. They use all the characters, in my mind, right. So perfectly. We all have a villain to join forces against, her niece. And then the twist of Sugar Bakers being the one that's making her look crazy. Well, that's just sweet, sweet icing on the cake. (laughs) That was the first one I wrote down. So I will give you my second one. Okay. Which was episode 13, Baby Dolls. Babies, Dolls, and Dolly Parton. Uh, or the last day of the entire decade of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I looked back, the way I came to this answer was I looked back at my fives from the season, Smart. and I actually realized I'm not sure that my favorite episodes were the ones I gave fives. Oh. I think I actually might have under valued some of my favorite episodes because I was being hypercritical of them. So this one, I really loved the arch of life and death um, because we talked about the birth of Charlene's baby. We talked about Minnie Bell's passing. I thought the humor was really spot on. Um, It was a very long episode, but it was still very funny and also very touching. My only beef was that it sometimes felt like several episodes glued together. Minnie Bell's story was really powerful, but sort of like backburnered in the overall part of the episode. I almost think that could have been separate and that was my comments in the episode. I ended up rating it down for that. But when I think back on the season, that is a front runner for me. Okay. All right. What about best guest star? I went with um, Olivia Brown as Vanessa. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she's cute. She's funny. And we're never going to see her again. So I'd like to give her some due. You know, it's so funny because you brought up your one of your mulligans was that you would have pushed us to do an extra sugar on um the character of Sam from Excuse Me or Julia and Suzanne's Big Adventure. He was actually my front runner for Best Guest Star because I thought he was really charming. I loved how he handled the women. Um, so I would say he was probably my my top guest star. Um, so our last category is Best Team Up. Okay. What you got? So my favorite is episode 10 where um, we, I think it's, called manhunt i think we renamed it old widow shively and it's mary joe and suzanne Mm -hmm. where suzanne helps mary joe follow the advice in the dating book um i just loved it it was different i don't i'm gonna spoiler alert i don't know we ever get another team up from them Mm -hmm. now that we've previewed five uh we've never gotten really one before they were kind of always a little adversarial and you know i think it's, it's hard for me because normally I would say Anthony and Suzanne all day, any day, but we get so many from them that this one felt a little bit more unique. And I like the way they played off each other. So we're going to flip-flop each other then. Um, so I would say the Suzanne and Charlene team up at the end of the season. And I think I said this maybe in the second to last episode, um, the one where she shoots Anthony. That was probably the most surprising to me mm-hmm. to pair up. Now that you've said Mary Jo, I'm wondering, oh, well, I guess that's true. But I'd never expected Charlene and Suzanne to get together. They just feel to me like oil and water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a surprising team up. But actually my favorite was Suzanne and Anthony. And specifically, I was thinking of episode one this season where Anthony gets hurt and Suzanne sort of like nurses him back to health. There was just so sort of, she tries, she tries. There was like love there and it was Mm -hmm. sort of planting the seeds for her saying she loves him at the end of the season. And so knowing now what I know that puts it in a new light for me. So that was my favorite. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Are you ready for season five? Bring it on. She's so happy. (laughs) She's so excited. Before we kick off season five, we've picked a handful of our favorite episodes of all time that we're going to re-air through the month of September. We're still deciding which ones they're going to be, but they're going to be good. (laughs) We're going to go way back into the archives. What if we only aired the ones we said we'd like to do over? Wait till you get a load of these. That'd be on brand, I feel like, at this point. Um, Yeah, we're going all the way back. I think we're going to revisit some of our earlier seasons, too, which will be exciting. Um, But whatever we choose, every Monday you can expect a main episode from a previous season, and every Thursday you can expect an extra sugar. We're staying on our schedule. I'm like, we may not deliver it, but you can expect it all you want. You can expect it all day long. But first up, we're going to take a break next week. Then we'll be back with our traditional special episode. That's where one of us watches a movie we haven't either seen before or we haven't seen in a while. Then we report back to the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did a fun bracket tournament on social media and in our Patreon page this year. And after what I can only say is a heated competition, 
mm-hmm. we ended up with the first wives club. Yeah. I say heated competition. I, I don't know. I had, you mean I, like in the first round when you voted? Yes. Okay. It was heated. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about the first wives club. So, yeah. um, that's re- reminding us how we got to that is a nice plug to remind you to follow us on social. If you're not there, we try to keep it fresh over there. We try to do fun stuff. Right? Help me, Selena. Yes. Uh, Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. You can email us, sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website. That's where we post show notes and transcripts of each episode, www.sweetteatv.com. And we're on YouTube. Search Sweet Tea and TV podcast. And then this is our final plug for the season, I guess, of the main season. Remember to rate and review us wherever you're listening. You can also visit the Support Us page of the website for other ways to support the show. And then, Selena, before we go, I think you have a late-breaking extra sugar. I do. This uh, just came together at the last minute. And what we're going to talk about is some Atlanta deep-cut references. Okay. That we got across season four. Some maybe I missed. And so we're going to try and... um, solve that and then this is your mulligan that's right uh well yeah but that's true actually this was a mulligan and i took that sucker and made it into an entire extra sugar but also revisiting something that i mentioned earlier in the season that i said i would come back to and i'm finally gonna get to my word on that promise is kept so come back thursday for that and in the meantime do you want to say anything to everybody i want to say a sincere thank you for supporting us through season four Oh, that's really nice because I was like, bye. (laughs) I saw it in your face. It wasn't registering. It's just a chance for us to say genuinely, if you didn't hear it as we were talking about some of our mulligans as as we've gone off our rocker a couple times throughout the season, this is a real effort for us. This is fun and challenging and we put a lot of ourselves into it. And it's always amazing when a listener comments that, a segment resonated with them like Candace did or someone messages us on, on social media and tells us that, you know, they really loved one post that we did. And that sort of community and that sort of like talking with one another and having like meaningful conversation means a lot. And I'm just so grateful to everyone who listens every single week. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be able to do any better than that. I think all of that holds true. Um, I think being able to see some, Real, true, diehard designing women fans come around this season has been really fun and interesting, and um, uh, and I think you know we're doing we're doing this for a whole host of reasons, and I think we're even getting to see some of that evolve in real time. I think that's what we were always looking for, and g- yeah, just th- thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing in this experience with us, and it is an absolute honor every time we hear from you. And um, we hope to hear from you more in this next season as it's a little bittersweet because we'll be saying goodbye to two of our favorite characters. So, All right. Well, thanks for that. But not us. We'll be here. <laughs> and you know what that means? What does it mean, Selena? It means we'll see you around the bend. Bye. <laughs>